0: Thank you for coming back on the Real Double Dose channel. This is your host, Lex, coming to you straight from the heart where the talk is real and the vibe is always live. Thank you for tuning in with us again because here, serving a slice of everyday life is what RDC is all about. For any show requests, feedback, or anything under the sun, as we always say, reach out to us at Real Double Dose channel at Yandex.com. That's Y-A-N-D-X.com and as well as multiple insights and so much more at realdoubledosechannel.blogspot.com. And some of the links that you guys know that's already out there and all the platforms we have is TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, Spreaker.com, Blueberry.com, Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, so much more podcasts with Google, Deezer, and the list goes on. But you, you all know how to find us. You have been. And for you all new tuning in, just make sure you're in for a treat. We have a guest expert here, And I told you he was coming, and we're excited to have Mr. Stephen Howard. Mr. Stephen Howard is an award-winning author of 20-plus leadership marketing and management books and the editor of nine professional and personal development books in the Project U series. And he has those 20-plus books, but, and better decisions, better thinking, better outcomes. He's here with us right now to give us some really good intuition some insight and things we can utilize and don't forget we're going to post those links up on some of the ones that we have with our rss feeds but also the dot blog spot you can also find that wonderful information there in his bio and so much more as well as www.calienteleadership.com but we'll get to that in a minute but mr stephen howard you're here. And I know that was the intro, but this is what they expect out of me. So how are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm great. And thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Oh, yes. We're happy to have you here. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I when I looked at all the stuff that was going on with the information that you have, it looked so, I don't. it was it very impactful just for the moment that it has for the strategies and everything that you have um, for basically Alzheimer's and so much more um, that people are struggling with and dealing with. Um, So can you give us a little bit more uh, information on that, if you don't mind?
1: Yeah, happy to, Lex, and thank you very much. uh, It's it's fascinating but also depressing in that uh, the current projections are that Alzheimer's dementia and stroke will increase by 67% in this decade and so by the end of uh, 2029 or early 2030 we'll have over 10 million Americans suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's or stroke and and there's no excuse for that so I'm, I'm thankful that you got me on I'm trying to give the message to people that it's a, these are brain diseases or lifestyle diseases it's what we do in our 30s and 40s to our bodies that increases our risk for dementia and Alzheimer's and our 60s and 70s
0: wow wow i didn't even think about that so can i ask a little I mean, might seem a weird question but i had to ask this myself i had saw a news report about someone kind of getting um infected by eating something i'm not going to put it out there for people to have a mass hysteria but uh, like as far as our bodies if we're just eating the wrong things kind of thing or maybe like uh gmos or
1: it's partly that it's partly an honesty Lex it's the fact that you know what's good for our heart is good for our brain our brain is the biggest organ that uh, that utilizes oxygen and blood in our body so and science has just been to prove this in the last 10 or 12 years with the new imaging technology but you know fatty foods fast foods um, uh, you know the wrong foods uh, uh, Coca-Cola or colas I should say and even um, the, the zero calorie colas as well they're all damaging our brains because they're damaging our, our blood cells and our our uh, blood vessels and so this is, leads to uh alzheimer's and dementia wow
0: yeah and you know they yeah well pretty much they're just kind of uh what i want to say plastic food but food that doesn't have any nutritional value that carries over to kind of give our brain that nourishing and so forth oxygen
1: mm-hmm, absolutely absolutely and, and the funny thing or not funny by ironic thing is you know when, we, when we're upset and this is all of us humans uh, when we're upset when we're angry when we're tired we tend to binge eat we go for those comfort foods oh, um definitely but ins- yeah but instead if we would just meditate or uh, get some mindfulness uh, spend some time outdoors you know watch the trees blow in the wind or whatever it would be so much better for our our current state but particularly our future states of our bodies and our brains
0: yeah i'm I'm really thinking about that because a lot of i mean i tell people they're like oh well what you know is it gen- generation x is it so much more and and whatever criteria they have for that but i'm like no because the people i associate either even mentoring from kids from 15 years old all the way i sit down with a, a bunch of wonderful friends i call them all the way to 86 years old so it kind of ranges from that whole thing because i think about what is going to happen now from our diets from when my mom grew up let's say from what are we doing at this moment because i binge when i get to that point <laughs> sure, <laughs> I, was just, I get to that point where i'm like oh let me get some caramel clusters instead of going over here and going to my favorite asparagus or some good fruit but then i kind of take myself where i'm like well maybe it's not even really an asparagus so it's okay for me to go have a snickers bar <laughs> you know i convince myself <laughs> I convinced yeah. myself of those things in there. But is the workplace contributing to the increase of dementia in Alzheimer's disease?
1: Oh, absolutely. The stress. And, 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 and it's the workplace that's now 24-7. We can't get away from our, our email. We can't get away from the Internet. These constant beeps and buzzes on our electronic devices is just adding uh, to our stress levels. Uh, quite frankly, and I, I would suggest you do this next time. You know, Oh, so, so you're just uh, relaxing or something, reading a book or whatever, and your phone buzzes on you notice how your body will jerk you'll have a little it's oh almost definitely as if a, definitely as if a snake had popped up so your body does the same reaction as if a snake had just hissed in, within your uh hearing space wow. and, and basically what your body's doing your brain is it's sending cortisol through your body and so constant high levels of cortisol in oh. our bodies is not good oh <laughs> so, you are
0: so right Oh, my goodness. Everyone, are you hearing this? RGC family is a new one. This right. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is what you call the core of information we need to apply. And I'm so, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful you're on here because that is what I do. And let me give you an example. I was getting so frustrated the other day. I was like sitting here in my laptop going down to the office on the other screen, iPad. And then I had to go and look at my phone. And I found myself sitting on this phone till 12, 1 in the morning knowing I have to get up at 4. So I was sitting here like, man, my head is throbbing. And Uh then my phone had a beep, beep. It was like a little buzz. And I jumped. Like, I jump when I hear that. And I get so, and I just turned my volume up. I was so irritated. And I got more stressed out because of it. It was crazy. I mean, absolutely well, what, absurd.
1: What you've also described there, Lex, is the second major impact for and, and Generation X, quite frankly, and that's multicasting. multitasking. Multitasking oh. is not good. We think it's productive, but it's teaching our brains not to focus. And the inability to focus is one of the leading indicators of dementia, again, in our 60s and 70s. So this whole generation that's multitasking all the time is basically training their brains not to focus. And the the next generation X, as a matter of fact, interesting, you mentioned it earlier, the American Psychological Association has actually called Generation X, which is the bulk of the workforce today, the bulk of our frontline leaders and even senior leaders in some organizations, they've called them, quote, the most stressed generation in the United States, unquote. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, so, the two things, our lifestyle, or the way we eat, the, the lack of exercise associated with, with that, and then multitasking, these are the three major things that's gonna is causing that 67% increase in dementia and Alzheimer's and stroke in this decade.
0: Yeah, so we're basically rewiring ourselves from an unnatural state of the process of how we're supposed to be already. Absolutely. I mean, that's because I, I see a lot of my friends and colleagues who so they're like, well, you, I mean, and I call it an Aries thing, and it's definitely something I should not split up because i do feel like the more i try to focus on one thing i'm like well let me hop to nine different projects because i have 20 going on and then Uh i find myself frustrated even focusing for five minutes on that project and i get so irritated but when i'm focusing on one thing i feel like i'm slagging or i'm being lazy quote because everyone downtown is oh i gotta pick up this i gotta do here i gotta meet someone here and they feel like this buzz of you're busy enough you're you're relevant um in some kind of way well, here's some research that'll shock you. A lady, a professor
1: at the University of California, Riverside, did research and showed that when you are in, when you're working like something serious, suppose you're like working on a script for a show or something that really you're concentrating on, and you get interrupted, it takes 23 minutes and 15 seconds for your brain to refocus fully back on that task. Wow. And in the work and in the workplace, the average person gets interrupted every 11 minutes. Yes, definitely. So no one no one has time to refocus. No,
0: no, you're right. I will find myself walking around getting some papers and dropping them off and then I lose sight someone else will be like hey Lex can you and I'm like what was I?" okay and then I went to seven other projects and then finally about six hours later I finally get to the point of where I even
1: began absolutely so so like this morning I was working on my next book and so this morning and I usually work on writing or editing like three hour bursts but I get up every 50 minutes to make a new cup of coffee I put my phone on airplane mode that way when I do get up and I go downstairs and I boil the water and I make my coffee my brain is still thinking about what am I writing what am I editing what's the next paragraph going to be what you know, how am I going to lead into the next chapter and by putting it on airplane mode I'm not tempted to look do I have any text messages so let me just check my emails real fast because if I do that now my brain is going to be thinking about oh I got to respond to I got to respond to Lex on that email oh I've got to make that I got to return this phone call later blah blah blah. and when I go back upstairs to sit down and write my brain freezes okay so so that's so when you have to work on something seriously you've got to just put all those distractions away and so you know There's nothing in my life that can't wait two or three hours to to return a phone call or return an email message to. So I I literally put it on email, sorry, on airplane mode, because that way, even though I'm tempted to do it, it tells me don't touch the phone, (laughs) Stephen.
0: Yes. You know what that is? See, I'm writing down notes right now, (laughs) like mental notes. And, and more, and I know everyone else here who's going to be having their downloads or lives or whatever they're going to do, they're going to be able to take a lot from that because I notice when I have to focus, just like right now I'm focusing, it's the most zen moment of my life. Okay. And I can't think of anything except what's in front of here. Because right now I'm thinking, what about my e-com stores? What about this going on? What about the book I didn't finish? And what about this email? And I'm like, okay. But when I'm here now and I feel less stressed because I don't have to worry about who just texts me or what kind of post that I get I completely just drop Instagram I mean people say well what's up with the RDDC and Instagram I'm like well you know I got to the point where I got tired of being stressed over keeping the Facebook page keeping the Instagram having the team go over here I'm like look you can find us if you really want to find us it's Google you know just like Edward Collins said in the Twilight Saga Google it that's what I feel at that moment and the less I put behind the more I can focus on and I realize stretching yourself then everyone and as well as definitely myself, you never get a chance to have the full completion. And then everyone always says, well, you know, quote Zodiac thing. No, even if I didn't have nine projects, I'm only giving 10 to 20 percent per project. So I'm still standing in the same place a year later.
1: And yeah. the same thing with our relationships. So if if you're if you're having dinner with your family or friends and everyone's looking at their phones and, and checking messages, you're only giving ten or twenty percent attention to your friends at that moment. So I've got a good friend of mine, she's a single mom, she's got a fourteen year old son, and her rule at her house is and she travels a fair bit. So when she's home and she's having dinner with her son, they both put their phones in their bedrooms and she has two. She has a personal phone and a business phone. Mm-hmm. And so when they're having dinner together, Those phones are in their bedroom. They can ring and ring and ring. But they have dinner together. They talk about the day, their lives, what they want to plan for the weekend, whatever. And they have more quality time uh, by doing so.
0: You know, that makes perfect sense, too, because a lot of these news reports have been coming out about how people snap on their family or snap and people have known them their whole lives. And I think about from what you just said. Maybe they don't. I mean, you're so disconnected from everything keeping you there. It's almost like a different form of dementia and a different kind of uh, like one of those uh, Resident Evil movies to where your mind takes over its own zombie-like behaviors to where you're not focusing on who you are and people just snap and don't even really love the loved ones because they've. They're just so focused on what's going on
1: in the outside world. They're in the wrong dimension. You know? Yeah. I said to somebody the other day, I said, you know, when the Internet first came out, I, I, I'm old enough to remember this. We used to joke and say, to escape from reality, I'm going to go on the Internet for a couple hours or an hour or something. Now, to escape from the Internet, we need to go out to nature and, and go out to National
0: parks. Exactly. And,
1: and, and then get back <laughs> and get into reality to escape from the Internet.
0: That is very, you know, what? that is so... Ah, that's this is why I was so extra excited to get out here because my <laughs> mind, my mind is blown in the most meticulous, wonderful ways that there is, and that's exactly what. And I'm taking all this and I'm going to apply it. And I saw everyone at RDC. You can hear uh, our our message has been one equals one million because if one is really listening, all that ripple effects affects about a million people by the time it goes out and out and out. I remember. Planned Parenthood had this thing about if one person sleeps with this person, it was years ago, about a decade ago. If you sleep with one person, that person had three people and this person had four people. And then, and I was like, oh, the multiply effect. Okay. Uh-huh. But then I'm like, you know, if one of you are out here listening to this, and I know many of you are, but if you really, really, really let it like delve inside of your system and start applying it to what it is, that's what Mr. Stephen Howard was saying. We have to really disconnect from what we're doing and come out here and literally smell the roses. Smell the roses and and disconnect from that because I'm like, man, I can't sleep. I can't get any of this stuff going on. And I find myself glued to my devices now. And I never was like that. And I I give myself an excuse to say, well, it's not like I'm on here, you know, Facebooking people. I'm actually doing work. But, yeah, that's still the same synonyms of. Still. Yeah, that's what I'm saying because, I mean, you write that stress. And, like, overloaded brains are two of the underlying causes creating negative conflict, tension, and drama, and so forth in the workplace. So could you elaborate on this a little bit more so people can get a depth of it?
1: Well, same thing you're talking about. I mean, you know, we all know what you know workplace violence is. There's statistics all over about uh, the increase of violence in the workplace. Um, Research has come out that shows that stress in the workplace is the number one stress factor for adults uh, in today's world. Where if you go back 30 years ago, it would have been either financial concerns or marital relationship concerns for the number one stress factors. Today, it's workplace. But also, it's it's also the fact that because of all the stress, people are making poor decisions or less than optimum decisions because I mean, you, know, you, you talk about snapping earlier people are making snap decisions they, they don't listen when our brain is stressed uh and when we're tired or we're overloaded or whatever our brain looks for what, what we call binary options a or b black or white yes or no okay. most decisions or many decisions in the workplace require you know considering multiple options what, what's the best way to do things uh, and but when we're stressed we look for one or two And that's it. We shut off all other options. So we're not making optimal decisions in the workplace. So one of my messages, and it's kind of an analogy, you you know, EMTs, and I was trained as a rescue scuba diver many years ago. And when you're trained as a rescue diver, you're trained, first thing you do, you come on a scene of an accident or a dive in the water in distress. You just don't jump in the water. You have to stop and assess the situation. That's what our EMTs do. They they come on a car accident. You know, they look to see if there's smoke in the car or gasoline leaking. They just don't jump out and rush to the Vehicle, so that's why they call them first responders, not oh. first reactors. Oh, and This okay. is okay. This is what I'm trying to tell Now I do a lot of executive coaching, I'm coaching leaders and saying, You in the workplace need to become first responders, don't react to situations, pause, ask questions, look for multiple choices, get all the facts, don't make snap decisions because they're not optimal decisions, and so. Uh, leaders need to become and all of us need to become even with our families and relationships first responders not first reactors to situations otherwise we get emotionally hijacked
0: oh that's very true that's very true like the book tra- the, the, you know, the book title is intriguing but most people would think that better thinking leads to better decisions and then better outcomes. But you focus on how better decisions lead to better thinking and then better outcomes. So how is that so? Like what prompted you for the book itself?
1: Because the first decision we need to make is not to get emotionally hijacked. We need to make that decision to be rational, to get ourselves under control, decrease the stress level, and then we can do better thinking and then that will give us better outcomes. So that was why I purposely titled the book That, that Direction directions so first decision has to be get in control calm down we've all i'm sure you said this we've all said this a hundred times i was so mad i couldn't think straight
0: uh-huh yeah
1: right yep. well that's what i'm saying don't be in that situation then make a decision make the decision to get yourself under control control your emotions you know that we're all emotional people it's okay to have our emotions but get our emotions under control then let the rational part of the brain kick in and then do better thinking and that will create better outcomes
0: that, you know what? That's true. Even that, the breathing technique, the what is it, 10 seconds cool down kind uh-huh. of my feeling. I mean, because when I, I mean, people say, I see red. I can't think of anything. Right. I can't, I just see red and I just want to go for it. Like, so yeah. irritated.
1: There's a scientific reason for that, Lex. And, it, and what it is, is when, you, when we are upset, when the emotional part of our brain, which is controlled by the which is at the back of the brain, takes over and is, is, is secreting all this cortisol and adrenaline to our system. And we start to get emotionally hijacked. When we make that conscious decision, stop, get under control, it takes roughly eight seconds. For the prefrontal cortex, the rat, which controls the rational center of our brain, to take over. And that's why, I don't know about you, but I was always taught as a kid, when you get upset, count to ten don't throw something, don't hit somebody, count to ten. Well, counting to ten is roughly eight seconds. So science now has a, 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 has proven that it takes eight seconds to get ourselves under rational control when we're emotionally upset.
0: Oh, wow. So like that, the section of the brain myths, like what we were saying for the brain myths, sorry, I can't even pronounce myths. <laughs> what were you surprised, like, of the discovery in your research for that, like demystifying it?
1: Well, I mean, I, I remember my high school biology class, for instance, and I remember specifically being told that our brain stops growing when we're tw- around 25 years of age, well, it 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 does not. We're now science is now able to prove that we. We will create, continue to create brain cells into our seventies, uh, probably oh, wow. even in our eighties. Quite frankly, there's just not enough eighty-year-olds around to for them to, to do the research on. Mm. But um, we're, we're so this is what's called neuroplasticity. Our brain continues to grow. Um, it doesn't stop growing in our early twenties. Um, wow. We, the other uh, myth about uh, you know that particularly us men sometimes we think you know we're strong and we're invincible and we can go hours and hours out sleep. When we are have not slept, when we hit about that seventeen to twenty hour point since since we've woken up, our brains are at that point effectively operating as if we have a blood alcohol content of 0.05 now in europe in europe and australia that's the drunk driving limit now here in the united states it's 0.08 so but that's that that's effectively how our brain is operating as if we've had a couple of drinks when we've been awake for more than 24 hours Our brain is effectively operating as if we have a blood alcohol content of 0.10, which would be legally drunk. And that's why tiredness is the number one cause of of automobile accidents. This shocked me because I used to live in Asia and I used to fly across the Pacific. I don't sleep on planes. I'd be awake 35, 40 hours, get off an airplane and rent a car and start driving to a location. And I won't do that anymore. I mean, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll get out the airplane. I'll go to the airport hotel, sleep for a few hours and then get in a car and drive somewhere. It's just too risky.
0: That is very true. And then you can't cognitively kind of assess everything that's going on if something was to happen. Uh-huh. you know just whoa where'd that come from i mean and, and yeah. it, you can't even criteria we can't get a dui off of it but it definitely could be categorized as one
1: it should be i mean and that's that's an interesting thing is that you know what what if say 15 20 years from now they you know somebody creates a me- a, an instrument where you can measure people's brain waves and whether or not they're you know what is their brain wave uh equivalent of a blood alcohol content should they be operating a vehicle or not
0: yeah, that is very true. To see if you're uh, alert, the kind of alert, um, one of those uh, starter cars. I know one of my friends had that some years ago, where he has to blow into a some kind of synthesizer, where he has to see what his alcohol levels before the car will even start.
1: Can you imagine that's... having to do a multiple quiz question before you can start your car.
0: <laughs> now, that would be epic. That would be or so
1: long, epic. Or, or long division.
0: <laughs> People would be so, they'd probably have an a outcry and a, a whole conference about this is outrageous. I can't believe I can't drive halfway tired on the road. Are you kidding me? I Absolutely. mean, you think about how many lives would be saved from that. And at well, this point, but... you have it. You know, that's the whole yeah. truth of it right there. I and mean, you have a lot of expertise and the streamlinedness of the knowledge of it because i've processed a whole lot and to be able to have this understanding of what's there and i'm just seeking more knowledge of there but what's your overall steps to like kind of building and having that healthiness for our minds and our focal points and avoiding dementia and strokes and so much more because more people are having strokes at a younger age and heart attacks at 21 than ever before
1: yeah, well, it's, it's basically, again, what's good for the heart is good for the brain. So, obviously, smoking's the number one no-no, without a doubt. Uh, being overweight is number two. So, keep that BMI below 25 possible or as close to 25 as you can. Uh, regular exercise, and I'm not talking about running half marathons or marathons. Quite frankly, a 20-minute walk every day um, is, would, would boost the circulation, uh, particularly for those who sit all day long uh, in their offices and meetings or whatever and then go home and sit on the couch and, and watch tv that's the worst thing you can do so you know oh yeah you know the 20 minute 25 minute walk would be good and then you know uh, keeping your blood pressure low um uh, with intolerance uh, uh, reduce your blood sugar reduce your cholesterol well basically the same thing that's good for your heart is going to be good for your brain but the other thing i would highly recommend is the brain likes new information it likes new stuff uh so um one of the things I tell people, you know, we, we all get in routines. Most people drive the same route to work every day unless there's a traffic accident or construction, and then they might take a little detour. But change up your routine. People go for a walk. They, they walk the same park every time. They walk in the same around the same blocks in their neighborhood Uh, walk the different direction walk in a different part of town um you know you'll notice things drive drive a different route um, to the office you'll notice oh i didn't realize the store opened up over here oh i didn't realize they they repainted something over here uh the, the brain likes new information it doesn't like being bored which is like which is why right now, as soon as the brain feels bored, it says, look at your phone, look, look for messages, check yeah. Instagram, check Twitter. <laughs>
0: That's true. That is very true.
1: <laughs> and So, uh, you know, give the brain something new to think about. Um, and the other thing is, is mindfulness. Is um, Find those ways of calming yourself. Um, you mentioned breathing before. The seals, the Navy seals have a technique called box breathing. And I don't know anybody has a more stressful job than a Navy seal. And what they do for five minutes before they go into situation is they, they breathe in and they'll hold their breath for five seconds, really deep breath, hold it for five seconds and then exhale and then hold the exhale for five seconds. And they'll repeat this for about four to five minutes. Now I do that. I do that in an airport, standing in line to get on an airplane. I'll look at the tarmac. I'll watch the planes on the tarmac or some, you know, people on the tarmac directing planes. I'll just breathe in. Uh, I do it for eight seconds. I'll hold my breath for eight seconds. I'll just exhale. Hold the exhale for eight seconds. And repeat it and I only do it for two or three minutes, but I get on that plane so much uh reduced stress. You know, flying is no more it's no fun these days. You just get on the plane, I'm calmer, I put my headset on, I listen to some music and I'm fine. I'm calm and peaceful. Wow.
0: Yeah. Uh, just having that whole well, what do you call it? The eight seconds I'll call it. The eight-second yeah. moment. Oh, man, maybe no. you should write a little memoir on that. The eight-second yeah. moment. Like, what happens in eight seconds? They say if you hold a thought for that long, um, you'll be able to create a whole, like, open stream of new worlds and so much more. So just imagine yep. if we got a chance to do that. Because now I'm thinking, I want to start doing more. And I, I didn't want it to be cliche with, um you know, New Year's resolution kind of thing. It was more of, this should be an everyday, you know, resolution. I just got to the point where I'm like, you know, I can go to different parks. I can go to different places. I don't have to just go to the gym and sit on a treadmill and just stare at the screen. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And, and, and the brain, you'll be
1: refreshed. Uh, you'll be more energized. Uh, and, and, look, and if you want to add meditation to it, that's fine. But the beauty of this. You know, to be mindful, uh, you don't need to practice yoga. You don't need to burn incense. You don't have to go on a 10 day retreat, a silent retreat, and you don't have to meditate unless you want to. Meditation is a type of mindfulness and it, you know, it's good if you you know, find 15, 20 minutes a day to do that, but you don't have to. Um, you know, one of the things I tell people, you know, when you get upset, say you're in a meeting and somebody's saying something, you're getting really angry about the presentation or getting angry because the meetings going on and on and on and you've got places to go. Is and You can do this right now. Everyone listening to you, just take your fists, hold your fist just as tight as you can for five seconds. Okay. And when you release it, throw it out. Just almost like you're throwing a baseball. Just throw your hands out. Okay. And do it again. <laughs> do it again and throw you. You do that for about a minute. And you'll notice the tension in your shoulders goes away, tension in your arms goes away. Sometimes yeah, I already
0: feel tension. it. Wow. Yeah.
1: And, you, and so people say, well, I can't do it in the office. I said, well, if you're sitting at a conference table, do put your hands under the table. No one will know what you're doing.
0: Just uh-huh. stay, just put
1: your hands in your lap, clench them. You don't have to, you know, just throw them out. You not have to move. Don't even have to move your arm. Just hold your arm in position and just throw your fingers out. And now oh, do it again. Okay.
0: okay. Yeah.
1: And now do that for forty-five seconds, sixty seconds. Automatically, the stress is going to be relieved from your shoulders, your neck muscles, your your upper back. I feel gonna... it.
0: I feel it, Stephen. I do. I feel do. it. I feel it.
1: Yes, right in my
0: right side. Like my shoulder feels completely different from my left side. Absolutely. Wow. And the other thing
1: is do both hands at time. No, you can't. Now you're probably holding something, but you know, in a or in a car. You get stuck in traffic. Traffic's driving you nuts. Don't start yelling at the car in front of you or call, call the person who cut you off a jerk. Just take, you know, if you're, if you're stopped, take your hands off the steering wheel, clench your fists, throw them down in your lap. Do that until you move forward a little bit and then, you know. Might not be able to do it for a whole minute. Although if you live in LA, you can do it for two <laughs> or three minutes.
0: <laughs> that is very true. Very true. The one on one already hurt me already.
1: <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Uh, so these are there. I got a lot of these little tips in the book. I mean, this the whole thing is, and it, it's going to reduce your blood pressure as well, just automatically. What when, oh, yeah. when you've just done Lex it just reduced your blood pressure. Laughing with me on the phone and doing these little exercises, the deep breathing, the clenching the fist i guarantee i've lowered your blood pressure since we started oh, yeah. talking i feel zen
0: i feel zen, you feel zen you're i feel man, like in, the the in there in i'm the like mouth. i need yeah. to get that information up there but you said you had a uh, i want to hear this interesting story about the caliente leadership.com like what what is that like it has my mind meticulously okay. getting well, there
1: when i moved back to the united states and i live in southern california um and i came back to look after my dad who had early stage Alzheimer. That's how I got into this topic. But when I decided to create my company here, I called it Caliente Leadership. Now in Spanish, Caliente means hot. As most people know, like Mui Caliente means very hot. Like make my coffee, Mui Caliente, very hot. But Caliente also has a meaning of passionate. So a conversation, Caliente is a passionate conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm passionate about leadership. And so I named the company Caliente Leadership, which gives me, people always ask me, where'd you get that name from gives me a little elevator story to tell the story behind it. (laughs) But in addition, where I live, the land is owned by the Agua Caliente band of Indians so it's a uh, hot water ah. so, um, and so it's also my tribute to the Native American landowners uh, who own the land around where I live and, and uh, so it's kind of a double meaning for me as well. Well
0: that's awesome see that just hits me because our our tribe emblem is like the Phoenix rising right from the ashes it's the Dakota tribe so it would uh-huh. be down in um, quote, Alabama but at the same time for the Cherokee but at the same time my dad had the Santa Marta Colombia so I was like when I heard the caliente leadership I was like oh that brought that Spanish flair it Mm kind of hit both sides here I like that so it's
1: not hot leadership it's passionate leadership I'm passionate about leadership I'm passionate about teaching people leadership and and, uh, and help you know we need more leadership in this world Um, not getting into politics but the last week or two here in the United States has shown us how much how much more leadership we need in in our government in our world at at large and I'm just doing what I can to uh hopefully create the next generation of leaders it's hot
0: to be passionate, and it's passion (laughs) to be i had to throw that in there a little salt and sugar for everybody i mean we We zen we have that zen moment of understanding there
1: absolutely absolutely it gets to there
0: so is there anything else that you want to convey or say to the audience we would love to have you back if you have any more time in your future schedule because this right here is definitely beyond educational beyond something you can apply to your life it is pertinent that we start doing these things as soon as possible asap it,
1: yeah it is and, you know there's, there's a japanese proverb about best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago and the second best time is yesterday and i say the same thing about brain health the, the best time to, to start thinking about your brain health start making changes to protect your brain health is in your 30s the second best time is today oh so, yeah um, you know and it, yeah, and we can improve i mean it doesn't matter if you're in your 50s or 60s uh, you know you can still you can still help slow down the progression of dementia you can't, may not be able to prevent it um but certainly if you're in your 30s and 40s you can dramatically reduce your risk for dementia alzheimer's and stroke if you will make some lifestyle lifestyle changes today
0: yes and and continue them. people will be archiving what this whole segment was about just for the fact they'll be like what did he say again let me go to mr howard what did he say okay this is what we need the solution yes the solution should be now. And I'm going to, I know for a fact, I'm going to keep applying this and doing it myself. And I'm going to make an effect to make sure my phone does not control me, but is Excellent. controlled by what I need it for when the time comes, because it's, it's. I mean, I can't even take a nap without something going off. And I'm like, oh, it's for the business. But yeah, how, how functional are we if we can't even function for ourselves, but yet we're running to something that says it's our functionality. And well, it's-
1: this is an important topic for the business world. I two weeks ago I was in outside Washington D C and I trained a lady at the department of veterans affairs on a, a one day workshop i created which is called better decision making going from mindful as two words going from mindful to mindful one word leader so going from mindful or busy brain to mindful leader about the things we've been talking about mm. and she's now going to roll the program out to several thousand leaders across the department of veterans affairs across the country yeah, so definitely. Um, it's, a, it's a big topic for the workplace whether it's a government organization or a profit organization or a large nonprofit. so uh
0: yeah you should be into every i mean like literally i mean if i had any kind of like well would i have the other structures up i would love to have your knowledge and intuition and the passion you have that is what i feel and i see all the components together why you have it called caliente leadership because the passion that you have it's it's, it's more than someone just oh well this is what it is you actually are like in there breathing it and and, i am yeah and
1: i'm training other people in that program i'm happy to train other facilitators to take my material and go run with it because i can't obviously i can't i can only train so many people per year and that's why i train her so you know she's gonna run it out uh, roll it out to over you know a couple thousand people. Department of Veterans Affairs. There's no way I could do that. So I'm actually training people in my workshop, certifying them as facilitators, and, and uh, letting them go out and, and, and spread the word. So to speak.
0: Well, you know what? And I so. can't. I, I might be a part of that workshop. Okay. There you
1: go. I'm like, i <laughs> <You can become laughs> certified I'm, facilitator. I wouldn't
0: mind. I would definitely stand behind this. I mean, I had a lot of. It was funny because yesterday when we had one of the interviews, uh, where the lady came come on. Some somebody was emailing us about being an ambassador of this being an ambassador of this and I was like well you know that's nice and all but I want to be behind something that makes you feel and know that you're behind something that is vital to the whole overall you're still here alive today and that's what matters you know for that understanding I know people want to get different things out there when it comes down to what's the best smoothie or so much more But this right here is beyond that. You're giving your body a physical smoothie every moment you can turn around and having tactics to be able to do that and give yourself that overall brain nutrition. We'll put it that way.
1: It's it's that, but also um, it's so important for society because right now, I'm going to paraphrase the numbers I don't have on top of my head, but something like... uh, 10% 10 percent of adults who are in their 70s are currently caring for elderly parents and something like 12 percent of adults in their 60s are caring for elderly parents as we're as we're aging we are having to take care of our parents that's what happened to me I had to take care of my father in his 80s uh, when I was in my 50s um, mm. the cost the financial cost and the emotional cost of caring for your parent who is suffering from dementia or Alzheimer' is tremendous it's a huge huge cost to the families to the, to the individuals involved like myself but to society in general so this is a huge societal issue and we need to get in front of it now not 15 20 years from now
0: exactly now the power of now absolutely yes. well you know what, are there any final thoughts that you want to leave on here with the show or are you feeling pretty good in your calienteness
1: I'm happy with my zenness right now but, uh, I uh enjoyed the conversation. I wish we were sitting face to face but uh, we
0: will know? we will. We will be Talk sitting face to face as soon as when I get to that west coast here. Don't don't there you go. don't you worry your little heart. We're going <laughs> to be there. Come on out Come out here, girl. We'll take care of you. I swear, you know what? That's a bet. That is a bet. And everyone, you thousands of people heard this. So Mr. <laughs> Stephen Howard cannot back out. Once I get down there with my zen in the California sunshine. <laughs> Well, we love and we appreciate and we respect all the knowledge and all the feedback you have and anything I can help make the movement even more out there. I'm definitely behind this and I'm going to share this even saturated in my colleagues, my work life, my mom, everyone that I can because this is something that we all need to apply to our lives. And everyone, we want to thank you for listening to us and you can... Find all of the great, wonderful insights and treats, I call it, and the goodies at www.calienteleadership.com for Mr. Stephen Howard. And I'm going to have all his wonderfulness up there with the bio on the real realdoubledosechannel.blogspot.com. So until then, remember to be the change, feel the passion, embrace the power of the spirit, and apply the knowledge now, not later, because you might not have a later. And we'll be back with you very, very, very soon.